This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and we're back! I'm so sorry, there was a bit of a blip in it. We were doing so many Facebook Lives with this COVID-19 thing that we thought we'd add that to the bonus podcast thing, and then it just, then I was trying to figure out homeschooling. (laughs) You know how it goes, but... I'm back. We're three weeks in and I have a semi-pattern to my life and the podcasts will keep coming out now. I am broadcasting to you live from a desk that is completely covered in homeschooling stuff and it is piles and piles. You're just sitting on a pile right now. I don't know what your house looks like or how it's been going for you, but it is a really interesting journey, and I'm glad to be with you on that. Um, this week, we are doing, uh, well, the first section, I just want to shove some courage into your heart and uh, remind you of how brilliant you are. Uh, the question and answer we have is about modesty and kids and uh, kids walking around naked at home. <laughs> and uh, in our wildcard section, there is a book out there that I wanted to, well, There's a book out there that I want to tell you about, but primarily I wanted to have a chat with the author because I thought she might have some good encouragement for us in this time. The book is called Cold Cups of Tea and Hiding in the Loo, which I feel is incredibly appropriate at this time. So we'll be chatting with Annie Wilmot a bit later. And as always, there will be a question to start an interesting conversation. But first, I just wanted to encourage you because... This COVID-19 quarantine lockdown thing hit and uh, so many of us families went, ah, church is shut down. What do we do? What should we do differently? How are we going to cope with that? It's so new and different. And all of a sudden we felt this, you know, massive responsibility on our shoulders of home education and, and doing church at home and all of that stuff. And it can feel overwhelming. And I just wanted to pause and remind you that actually it is pretty much no different than what it was before because you were already spiritually parenting in your home. You were already doing it. You were already the main spiritual influence in your child's life. You already had the most time with them. You already were positioned beautifully in their lives to coach them as they walk life with God. And now you just have more varied opportunities to do it. And it will look like you. It won't look like everybody else. It can online look so overwhelming with thousands of resources and all of our peers and colleagues and people around the world who are different than us posting about what they're doing. And so for someone like me, who is not crafty and does not own a crafty child, uh, when I look at other families who have these beautiful craft experiences, and obviously their kids are engaging and it's wonderful for them. It is so easy to think, oh, I should be doing that. Um, But I feel really comfortable in having conversations. And for other families who struggle with that, they could be looking at me and thinking, oh, I should be doing that. And it can be so easy to get into the comparison mode when it comes to spiritual parenting. And it's so important in this season to not, 
because it will look like you. It won't look like anybody else. Some people will do formal church at home and devotionals and crafts and mission outreach serving opportunities and others will do absolutely none of that. And whether you do activities or not isn't the question. It's the same question we've always had that's sitting before us, which is how do we as parents help our children on their journey of meeting with God and walking with them in their everyday life. And I just wanted to remind you of what you already have in your pocket. It is these tools that you use all the time. Whether or not you choose to use a resource, you are already and have this great opportunity to create windows into your life. This season is perfect for this. We are crammed into a small place and we feel like we're under the microscope. Our ups and downs are all in each other's faces. And that is a perfect opportunity to create windows into your life and say, this is what it looks like for me with God right now. This is what I'm thinking with God right now. This is how he's talking to me right now. This is what it looks like when I mess up 14 times a day right now. Creating windows is something you have that requires no time, just you being the imperfect, wonderful you. You have framing in your pocket. Our kids need to see where God is in the boring, uneventful, trapped-at-home life. Um, how does God talk and laugh and bless us? And where is he in a global pandemic? They're looking around and we get the opportunity to frame for them, to explain for them what they're looking at and where God is. We have the opportunity to unwind weird views of God that our kids get. We get so much time with our kids. We can ask those wondering questions and notice when they say an off-the-hand comment and have those long, winding, rabbit hole conversations about what they think and how they see God and and what they're pondering. We had a great question last night on our Facebook Live um, about one of their kids had, uh, well, didn't really have the question, but was had a view of God that was this. Um, God um, loves us and therefore we're absolutely okay. We won't get the virus at all because God will protect everybody um, who knows him and loves him. Well, that's not quite an accurate view of God. <laughs> And the parent was saying, how do I unwind this view? It's this great season of unwinding interesting views of God. The other thing you can do is chat and catch. You can help your kids genuinely form and find their pattern of heart-to-heart -heart connection with God through chatting and helping them see how to perceive God's voice. And there's loads on the website about that. But that sort of conversational ordinary prayer is part of it. And you can surf the waves of your kids' interests. That sort of, what are they interested in? What are they obsessed with? If they want to build a den that is completely taking over the bottom half of the house, you can probably do that. And in the midst of it, while you're sitting in a tent pretending to have tea, you can also be talking about the Israelites who had lived in tents. And what would it be like to live in tents? You could throw together a festival of booths. You have so many opportunities to just ride the wave of what's happening at home because you have the gift of time. You may not have the gift of peace, but you have the gift of time. All of what we just said, creating windows, framing, unwinding, chat and catch, surfing the waves, can just be woven into your day, whatever it looks like. It's a sentence here and there, little 30-second opportunities that you drop in. You got this. And I just wanted to remind you that we're here to help. 
And I just wanted to, I guess, remind you of everything that's at your fingertips, not because you need these resources, but just so that you know they're on the shelf in case you want them. Um, if you want to sort of delve deep into the COVID-19 world uh, and how to you know, coach your kids through fear and lack of church and helplessness and all of those emotions they experience, uh, then we have a 45-minute video on uh, Facebook that um, I did a sort of parenting um, for the COVID-19 uh, that we released. And it was also released as a bonus episode on this podcast, if you want to go deep. Um, we're also releasing last night's question and answers that I did. We had about eight, nine questions uh, that I answered things like, my daughter keeps asking where God is in all of this. Why would he allow this suffering? Or my kid won't sit still for online church and more. Uh, and if you want that, you can find the video on the Parenting for Faith Facebook book page or listen to it on the podcast bonus episode we're going to release. Uh, if you just need some encouragement on our Parenting for Faith Facebook page twice a week, uh, I'm releasing a two-minute encouragement of just whatever hits my brain, and sometimes it's very silly, uh, just to give you a positive moment to remember all the stuff you're doing right. Uh, there are more social media posts that are coming that will give you a nudge on how to create a window right now or one thing you could frame today. Um, if you have questions, you can search the website. There's more than 200 articles and videos that are on the Parenting for Faith website. Uh, if you're a church leader, we have a Parenting as a Church Leader watch party launching next week to help explore the unique parenting situation you're in. It's a free online watch party for four weeks, um, or it's a day in June. Just uh, check it out on the Parenting as a Church Leader watch party Facebook page. And the Parenting as a Church Leader book has just been released. Uh, there's a whole church side of the website if you're a church and want help with how to navigate this season. Uh, if you're someone who likes listening, we have the audiobook of the book Parenting for Faith Omnibus version. I read like 10 hours of it. If you can handle my voice in your ear for that long. And uh, you can do it as a free trial on Audible or uh, if you're a subscriber, it's just one credit. But uh, all of that stuff, remember, is just stuff on your shelf. It's just stuff that you can pull if you need it because it all exists to just encourage you to create windows, frame, unwind, surf the waves and help your kids chat and catch because you got this. Whatever your everyday looks like, you can help your kids meet no God because that's where he is. And I just wanted to say you got this. Our question section, we have a question about uh, modesty. Uh, someone very kindly wrote in, and if you have a question, please do send them in through the website uh, or pop them up on Facebook uh, through a message on Art for Our Attention. We'd love to answer your questions. But uh, this question is, how do I introduce my nine-year-old, well, my, let me be clear, my nine-and-a-half-year-old daughter to covering up her body a little more now when she gets out of the bath, getting changed without her developing any negative body issues and still loving her body that God gave her without feeling ashamed. Um, <laughs> we all, we all have to parent through this transition. And uh, from my experience in working with families, everyone does this naked conversation differently and everyone has different boundaries. And so you will be different than other people. And so I just wanted to give you a few considerations as you figure this out. Um, first of all, I, there's a lot in there in that question of sort of how do we introduce covering up your body without bringing shame or negative body image. And 
and you may disagree with this, please feel free to disagree with this, um, but I tend to separate modesty from the concept of what your body looks like and how you feel about it. I don't walk around naked outside. I don't, sorry to disappoint some of you, but I do not walk around naked outside. The reason I don't walk around naked outside isn't because I don't love my body. I love my body. I love everything it can do. I love it completely. I don't walk around naked outside because I believe certain parts of my body are private. (laughs) So I don't tend to feel like we have to try to have both conversations now about body image and about modesty or nakedness. Um, For me, I tend to pivot it to it being about getting older and it being appropriate. Like a three-year-old picking his nose in public it's eye-rollingly fine. A 28-year-old's picking his nose on television? Probably not. Uh, Because as we grow, there's better boundaries as we learn to control ourselves and live in a world. So for me, one of my first questions is, what are your house boundaries? What do the adults do? Every family has different sort of standards of nakedness in the house. But as your child gets older, you can share with her that as she gets older, you're going to be treating her as older. And your job as a parent is to help train her in how to be an adult. And as she knows, privates are private. However, you've tended to say that phrase in the past. Um, Privates are private and adults are need to be responsible to keep their privacy and respect the privacy and privates of others. And so that's why you as a parent and the other older adults she knows cover themselves when around other people. We don't go to grandma, most people don't go to grandma and grandpa's house uh, and walk around naked just generally in a general sense. Um, And so Or, you know, we don't tend to go to school in completely naked scenarios. This is just a tendency. Uh, And so they live in a world where they know that there's an appropriateness about nakedness and that it tends to be sort of the adult sphere where you emerge into this um, sense. And so um, that's why the adult she knows covers themselves uh, when they're around other people to keep privates private. So feel free to be naked in the bathroom and your bedroom. Feel free to be dance naked on your bed and sing songs naked in the mirror in the bathroom. But where there are other people, uh, you want her to get in the habit of keeping privates private. You can also share where nakedness can be appropriate. Uh, sometimes the doctor needs to see bits of you that we don't normally share. That's okay. I'll tend to be with you if, if and when that needs to happen. When you get married, that's the fun bit because you can be naked in front of them as much as you want. Uh, If you live in Finland or live someplace where sauna happens, feel free to do that there. That's an appropriate place to do it. But in general, privates are private and it's a habit like eating vegetables that you want her to get in the pattern of. So you can explain it that way if you want. Another consideration that I would encourage you to consider is that it will take a transition. It's like figuring out a new habit. And it's helpful to think ahead of time how you want to cope with the inconsistencies. Because sometimes she will comply and other times she'll just be hanging around naked. And how you want to handle it often impacts on how they perceive nakedness. And so rather than being like, why are you naked and and punishing her, you just want, want to decide your approach. Um... So if your daughter comes to talk to you naked, I know some parents who would listen first and then say, oops, you forgot to put your clothes on before you came in here. Could you go please do that? I know other families who go the funny route and when a naked kid walks in, goes for whoop, whoop, naked alarm, naked alarm. Uh, I know uh, another family who simply just says, oh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. But generally, I only have conversations with people with their clothes on. So could you please put your clothes on first and then I want to hear all your words. Uh, However you want to do it, just uh, figure out how you want to do it in the transition in a way that just helps reinforce your main message. 
Uh, and if you want to explore the whole body image beauty thing, uh, we've done a Facebook Live on it. So uh, if you go to our website, parentingforfaith.org, and search beauty, or find the video on our Parenting for Faith Facebook page under Bedtime Drinks with Rachel, if you want to explore sort of how to begin to shape that sort of body image and loving your body and beauty, um, you can explore that too. But I tend to not cross them over, but you may disagree. So, uh, yeah. That would be my two cents about that. And now for our wild card section. If you have ever parented a small child, you know exactly what this segment is about, because we are talking to the author of the book, Cold Cups of Tea and Hiding in the Loo. Her name is Annie Wilmot. She is trained in social work, served as a children's pastor, and is now an author, speaker, preacher, and most importantly, to two of the, a parent to two of the cutest kids that have ever existed in the world. That's just my opinion. She has a deep value for having honest conversations about the stresses, difficulties, joys, and struggles of parenting for life and faith. And my colleague Anna interviewed her to share a bit of encouragement with us. We are going to be giving away a copy of her book uh, through our Facebook page. So if you haven't liked our Facebook page and are following it, uh, I suggest you do that because uh, within the next week or so, we're going to be putting up a book giveaway if you want to grab one for free. So without further ado, Annie Wilmot. Uh, so I'm here with Annie Wilmot. Great to have you here, Annie. Could you introduce yourself a little bit? I can. Uh, I'm Annie. I am a mum of two boys who are uh, four and then 21 months, and I call them mm -hmm. Big Bro and Little Bro. Um, and I've just written a book about parenthood and space, um, sort of based on my experience as a parent and uh, as a kids pastor and working with parenting for faith previously, and all sorts of other things that I've done. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so the book is called Cold Cups of Tea and Hiding in the Loo. Amazing title. I think uh, <laughs> anyone who's had small children knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, could you tell us kind of how you came to write the book, the story behind the book? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I have always enjoyed writing. Um, and I had a sort of a blog going a bit that I was sort of, sort of doing my thinking through. And then I, um, I decided to start blogging about parenthood because I just had my first son. He was, I think, only a couple of weeks old, a couple of months old. And mm -hmm. I was with another friend who had a newborn as well. And I asked how she was finding, finding it, how she was finding parenthood. And she said, can I be honest? I'm not enjoying it at all. Um, but she just didn't feel that she was allowed to tell anyone that she wasn't enjoying it in that moment. And yeah. I thought, I thought that I'm like, remember thinking, no one should ever feel like they can't say that they're finding it hard, mm. as well as finding it like joyful as well. But um, and so I started blogging about parenthood at that point and thinking I'm just going to write completely honestly about my experiences, in case that helps anyone else to feel like they can talk honestly too. Yeah. Um, so I started just talking about that, and faith got added into sort of that online conversation. Um, and I hadn't really thought about writing a book. I thought I might write a kids' book. Um, yeah something totally different but I um through like a friend of a friend I managed to have a cup of tea with um the head of publishing at CWR and yeah. I thought I'll ask some questions and I'll find out what it's you know what I need to learn to write a book um thinking you know 10 years in the future and I've got enough experience 
Um, and at the end of that conversation, she said, we're looking for someone to write about motherhood and faith. Is that something you're interested in? And I was like, ah, it's kind of what I'm already writing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things. I was already writing about it, but didn't think I was going to write a book and just got to put all the parts together. Yeah. yeah. And it's so cool when God does that. Sometimes you don't necessarily feel ready or like yeah. you say, sometimes maybe you feel you're not qualified or you don't have the authority or the experience yeah, exactly. or something. But God's like, no, what you have to say is valuable and it's going to help other people. Um, yeah. And it, and it definitely is. That's great. Um, why you mentioned there that parents sometimes find it difficult to be honest about their mm-hmm. experiences. Why do you think that is? I think... I know for me, I felt a lot of pressure to have to be a kind of like perfect mum. What I thought had, what I thought was was a perfect mum, which I now mm. know there is no such thing. It's hard to aspire to be something that doesn't exist. Um, yeah. But I, I think it felt like there was a lot of pressure from maybe what our culture says, maybe what we see, how we see other people parent in church. I thought my husband Pete was putting a lot of pressure on how he thought I should act, and I only realized when I started talking about it out loud that he didn't think any of those things Mm. actually to him if he came home and the house was a mess but I said about all the stuff we had fun doing that day he like loved that and I simply came home and thought what have you done you've not tidied the house Mm. um but until I said that out loud I just didn't um we didn't manage to break those the hold those expectations had yeah um so I think and I think just because we're not used to talking about it I think also because um, it can be hard to ha- become a parent. So whether you become a parent through adoption or if it's taking multiple pregnancies to to have a baby, mm. I think there's this fear of if we say we're not enjoying it, you fear that it's that someone who de- maybe wants to be a parent. It's hard, it's like hard to have that conversation, that tension. Yeah. But just because you say something's hard doesn't mean they're not incredibly grateful for it. Yeah. And so I think it's that creating space for conversation where you can say I love it and it's difficult yeah and those things can can coexist I think that's actually really common that guilt of yeah exactly having a child when you know other people can't that you feel like you you really have to get the get the most out of it almost it's it's hard isn't it yeah yeah um, and I think what your book does, because you share so honestly about your own experiences, um, mm. my personal favourite chapter, the most extreme example of this, is the uh, the one on sickness and your kids being ill. I mean, yeah. you I knew your kids have been ill a lot, but you have some stories that are yeah. epic <laughs> in there. Um, yeah. And I can just imagine reading it with, you know, or like a group of mums going away and reading it and then coming together to do the discussion questions. Yeah. And it would be so easy to say, yeah, hey, we had this sick bug and it was horrendous um and just to be really honest and open about that um yeah and you do talk as you say um faith has very much come into the conversation and you talk Mm -hmm. about spiritual parenting and kind of yeah different aspects of that as well um what's kind of surprised you most about parenting your kids for faith and Mm. bringing that spiritual aspect into their lives um i think lots of things so because i was a kids pastor first I was sort of helping equip parents to do faith with their kids before I really did it with my own so yeah. I probably had some expectations of how things might go mm. um which I think we probably all do whatever background you've had mm. um so I think um I think we don't do as much structured stuff as I thought we would do when it comes to faith 
like I always thought, you know, we'd make sure we always had a Bible story or we'd sit and chat about things, but it just doesn't happen in the like messiness of life. Yeah. So, and I think for me personally, my faith changed um, probably since having my first kid a lot to become a lot more that I chat to God throughout the day. Cause I found I can't, I really struggle to do set quiet times. I've never particularly mm. done faith like that anyway, I don't think, but um so I'm really conscious that I'm just chatting to God throughout the day. And that's how, therefore, my faith has to look when I'm sharing it with my kids. So yeah. when I'm showing them what it looks like. It's that I just chat as I'm going about. And, and actually, I want that more for them, for them to think faith is a constant throughout the day rather than set time. Yeah. Um, so I think that surprised me how sort of how much that's become a thing. And I think uh, daily I am blown away by the spiritual stuff that, our kids say and do mm. um just the fact that they can come out with something like um big bro um had this we used to drive to um no drive past lots of different churches and he kept saying that our friend of ours john as i've written this in the book i think he kept saying that um that's john's church that's john's church and he kept pointing all these churches out and we're like what i don't know why you're doing that john goes to our church yeah um, and eventually stuff that he was we like, felt, we prayed about it, that he was saying, John is going to go and lead another church. And this is a friend who said to us, I'll never become a vicar. It's not something I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and this went on for, like, months. And then eventually he told us that he decided he was going to become a vicar. <laughs> and it's cool. one of those things I just think, kids say stuff and you could dismiss it so easily, but actually we kept yeah. having conversations. And you realise that he's, like, prophetically just saying this stuff in on a car journey and then suddenly going back to I Spy. Yeah. Um, so I think it's that for me is that they just come out with stuff or or he just says to someone, what church do you go to? And they're like, oh, I don't go to church. And he's like, why? And they just talk about faith just like that. They just, yeah. yeah. Challenge me daily, which I just love. Yeah. And it's just so easy to kind of open up those conversations. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a video on our website. I think you were probably involved in the creation of it uh, called <laughs> Connecting with God Whilst Being Poked in the Eye. And yeah, it is exactly yeah. that thing about kind of having an under five and just how to kind of change your mindset to connect with God yeah. throughout the day. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's something you really pick up on your book as well. Like you talk about yeah. supportive community and lots of different aspects of parenthood, but also how you connect with God yourself. Yeah. Um, which is great. And that's, yeah. And that's been a big thing for me. Um, again, I think I touched on this in the book. Like the, like when I go to church, when I, before I had kids, I'd go and I'd probably like get a cup of tea and sort of take a while to settle in. And then I'd, sit down and take my time to stand up in the worship and like be just feel like I had all the time in the world whereas now it's like I come in and the worship starts and I need to choose to be involved even if that's while I'm chasing my toddler and singing as I yeah. do that um, yeah. and it's quite yeah it's quite a different way to be in, involved in church but it and it looks different but it's not I don't think it's worse it's just a different relationship with God yeah no that's so it's encouraging decent. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so the book is called Cold Cups of Tea and Hiding in the Loo. Where mm -hmm. can we get a copy? Where can people find it? Um, all sorts of different places. It's on the CWR website or Amazon, or if you just Google the title, actually it's in lots of different places. Amazing. Thank you so much, Annie. And a question to start an interesting conversation with your child is this. If you could add one person from the Bible to your lockdown life, only one, who would you want to come live with you and why?
right? And I think, I, I know, everyone's answers are going to be Jesus. So if you want to get really strict with your kid, the answer cannot be Jesus because technically he is already in lockdown life with you. So I would, I would discount Jesus because Jesus is already a part of this conversation. So who would you add to your lockdown life? Who in the Bible would you want to live with every moment of every day? Go. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.